Well, today we are wrapping up our series called Stand. And if you have a Bible, go ahead and turn to Daniel chapter 3. Again, Daniel chapter 3. That's where we're going to sort of hang out here this morning. As you're turning there, let me ask you a question. How many of you ever had a bad day before? You ever had a bad day? Let me see you raise a hand. You ever had a bad day? How many of you had a bad day this week? Let me see you raise a hand. It's a bad day this week. How many are already having a bad day today? Don't raise your hand. I don't, I don't need to know that right now. I don't, don't distract me, right? <laughs> No, we all have bad days. I went on the internet and I decided to find out, all right, who's had some really, really bad days? And so I found a couple pictures that maybe will explain that maybe your bad day isn't as bad as uh, everybody else's bad day. The the first one we're going to label, hey, dude, pass it to me. I'm open. The next one we're going to say, wait a second, I thought you said you strapped them in. How about this one? This is the definition of the word ironic. Look look, look what it says there on the side of the tractor trailer. (laughs) The next one we're going to label, eh, just hanging around. (laughs) And the last one, this is is my favorite one, ready? It is, uh, it's this. If you have spotted a suspect that looks like this, please call our tip line. (laughs) All right, so those are funny examples of bad days, right? But the, the reality is many of us have had bad days that are much worse than that. And a lot of times, you know, we're, we're going through some things and we're doing everything that we know that we possibly can. And we're like, well, wait a second, I, I'm a follower of Jesus. Why, why is this happening to me? Because now your, your bad day doesn't seem like just a bad day. It actually seems like it's a, a bad life. But I shared with you a couple weeks ago that, you know, we really shouldn't be surprised any time that bad things happen to us because Jesus actually spoke about this. He, he actually said this in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus says, look, you know, hardships and trials and, you know, we just sang about, you know, the the storms of life and walking through the fire. These things just happen. And, you know, we're going to look at a story today in Daniel chapter three about some guys that literally had to walk through the fire. And many of you, you feel like you're walking through the fire in your life right now. There's something financially going on, that that it feels like a financial fire. It feels like the walls are caving in. It feels like you're just not being able to survive. There's too much month at the end of your money. And you're like, man, I'm just walking through this financial fire. For some of you, it's a, a relational fire. Maybe it's with your spouse or with your kids or a friend that just things aren't working out and you're just sort of walking through it. And it's this, this, this fire that's just like all consuming. And you're like, how am I ever going to survive this. Some of you, you feel like spiritually you're, you're walking through a fire. God, where are you? Feels like Satan is having his way in, in my life. There's all kinds of different fires that we go through. Things that happen, and Jesus said, don't be surprised about this. Some of you, it's a, a health-related fire. You've gotten a bad doctor's report or someone that you know, they, they got a bad doctor's report and it, it feels like, man, we are walking through the fire on this. 
How are we ever going to survive? Again, your, your bad day doesn't seem like just a bad day. It seems like my life is falling apart. How am I ever going to survive? Well, that's what I want to talk to you about here this morning. And I, I want to, first of all, start out with some words from one of Jesus' followers, a, a guy by the name of Peter. Peter gives us some great advice and, and talks about why we go through these fires and these trials in life. But then I want to jump into the book of Daniel because there's a story there that I think is really going to bring a bunch of hope and inspiration to any of you that may feel like you're walking right through the fiery furnace. So look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. Peter says this, These trials are only to test your faith to see whether or not it's strong and pure. It's being tested just as what? Just as, what's it say? Just as fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith is far more precious to God than mere gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of Jesus' return. Peter says, look, the reason you're going through trials, the reason you're going through this pain, this, this heartache, this temptation, this fire, the reason you're going through it is to test your faith. See, it's really easy to say, Jesus, I worship you. God, I love you. And praise him when things are going good. When life is it's just rosy, when life is just grand, it's easy to say, oh yeah, I love Jesus. Jesus, I honor you. Jesus, I worship you. But Peter says, when you're going through the trials, when you're walking through the fire, don't, don't discount that. Don't say, oh man, life is so rough. It's just your faith is being purified. It's being made stronger. And so we, we actually should look forward to trials. Because we say, you know what? On the other side of this trial, after I walk through this fire, things are going to be so much better in my life. So here, here's the real thing. When you're going through it, are you going to trust God or not? Here's the way I put it on your outline. This is our big thought for the day. If my faith is never tested, then my faith cannot be trusted. My faith is never tested, then my faith cannot be trusted. Now, to illustrate this principle for you, I want to, again, jump back into the book of Daniel. We're, we're wrapping up this series. We've been taking five weeks where we've been going through the life of Daniel. But today, we're actually going to jump back to a, an earlier time in his life. Daniel chapter 3, he's still just a teenager. And remember, he had three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And if you remember these three teenage boys, what did they do in the first week of the series? They stood out for God, didn't they? And because of that, they were given positions of leadership there in the kingdom of Babylon. Babylon, I didn't even mention this, is in modern-day Iraq. That's where Babylon is at, okay? About 600 miles out to the, uh, to the east of uh, Israel itself. And so there they are. They're, they're Israelites. They're Jewish boys. They're there in this foreign land. They've been raised up to positions of leadership. Now, who remembers who was the king during that time? What was his name? Nebuchadnezzar, right. Nebuchadnezzar was very, very evil. He was a wicked, wicked man. Now, if you also remember, I shared with you that Saddam Hussein, who later, many, many, you know, thousands of years later became the ruler of Iraq, his hero was this guy by the name of Nebuchadnezzar. 
Now, you remember when our U.S. troops went in to Baghdad and we conquered Baghdad? What was the first thing that they did when they were in Baghdad, when the troops went in? Does anybody remember what symbolically did they do to show that we now own Baghdad? You remember what it was? What was it? The statue, right. Uh, we got a picture for you here on the screen. They went in. There was this huge statue of Saddam Hussein that they went in. They put chains and ropes around it, and they pulled it down to the ground. And again, it was a way of saying Saddam no longer owns this land. This is now our land. We, we have this. We've conquered this. Now, where do you think Saddam got the idea to have a big statue of himself there in the land? His hero, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar had a 90-foot-tall statue of himself. It was nine feet wide and made out of pure gold. Now, I haven't told you Nebuchadnezzar's last name, Trump, all right? Nebuchadnezzar Trump, okay? It was made out of pure gold. All right, so it's this big old statue. And the reason that he had it erected was so that people, when they would see it, would bow down and worship him. And so the story we're going to look at today takes place right after this statue has been erected. So again, if you got your Bible, Daniel chapter 3, we're going to begin with verse 4. It says this, Then an official stood up and announced, People of every nation and race, now listen to the king's command. Trumpets, flutes, harps, and all other kinds of musical instruments will soon start playing. When you hear the music, you must bow down and worship the statue that King Nebuchadnezzar set up. Anyone who refuses what wants to be done, what's going to happen to them? They're going to be what? Thrown into the blazing furnace. Now, as the story continues, the music starts. Everybody starts to bow down and, and worship Nebuchadnezzar's statue, except for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, we're not sure exactly why, but Daniel doesn't get caught not bowing down. Remember, he, he later got caught doing other things uh, that he wasn't uh, worshiping false gods and stuff. But in this particular case, it's only Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they're caught, not bowing down and worshiping this statue. And now their faith is about to be put through literally a fiery trial. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you about what do you do when your faith is going through the fiery trials? Because I think there's three things that we can learn from Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that apply to your life as well. So the first thing is this, if you're taking notes, Faith requires me to obey God instead of following man. Again, faith requires me to obey God instead of following man. You know what? Everybody else did what Nebuchadnezzar asked except for these three boys. They said, you know what? To us, it's more important to obey God than it is to obey this man. Now, somebody throws them under the bus. Somebody goes into Nebuchadnezzar and says, hey, these boys, they're not bowing down and worshiping your statue. How do you think that made Nebuchadnezzar feel based on what we know about him? What happened? He was mad, right? He's furious. He says, bring those boys in here. He brings them in. He says, look, if you don't bow down and worship my statue, I'm throwing you into the fiery furnace. I want you to stop and think, what would you do in that moment? You're given a choice. Bow down and worship or you're going to die. I love what the boys say. Verse 16. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. They're like, we, we don't need to defend ourselves. Now that sounds a little cocky, a little arrogant. You know, these little snot-nosed teenagers, like, 
talking back to the king. They're like, we, we don't even need to talk to you about this. Because look, Nebuchadnezzar, this issue really has nothing to do with you. This is between us and God. See, we don't follow you. We, we follow God. We obey God and Him alone. They knew that God's Word said that we are to worship the Lord our God and Him only. Like, we're not worshiping anybody else. Especially not you. So we don't even need to talk to you about it. We don't even need to defend ourselves here. If you kill us, you kill us. But we're okay with that. Because... We're going to worship our God. Now again, think about what you would do in that situation. How would you have responded? They respond, we have no need to defend ourselves. You know, I think some of us would have responded, we would have, we would have tried to compromise in some way. We just said, well, you know, what, what we could do is we can, we can go out and we'll, we'll stand in front of the statue and we'll just sort of bow our heads and we'll pretend like we're worshiping him, but inside we're actually going to sing, I'll walk through the fire and not be burned, pray in the night, I won't be too, right? Or I'll, I'll sing, this is amazing grace, you know, we'll, we'll actually worship God. Nobody will ever know, I'll just, I'll just sort of compromise a little bit. Again, many times that's what we do. Or, or some of us would just go, well, you know, it's, it's not going to hurt this the one time. You know, I'll just, I'll bow down and I'll worship. And, you know, uh, later on I'll ask Jesus for forgiveness. I'll make a vow that, you know, God, I'll never do this again. Or, you know, some of us may have tried to say to God, well, you know, let's negotiate this guy because, you know, um, we're, we're much better used to you alive than we are dead. So, uh, God, I, I tell you what, we'll, we'll go ahead and just keep worshiping you because we need to be here to tell other people about you. See, oftentimes when we go through the trials, when we're tempted by sin, when, when big things are going on in our lives that Satan is trying to distract us, what do we do? We, we make compromises or we try to justify it in some way. Or we cheapen God's grace by saying, well, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm going to do it anyway because, well, God's a loving God. He's going to forgive me. He's like a big grandfather in the sky. He's just going to pat me on the head and go, oh, that's okay, little Johnny, little Susie. You just keep on doing that because I'll just keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving. Now listen, God will forgive you, but please don't cheapen his grace by just saying, well, I'm just going to do it anyway. These boys, they stand up to Nebuchadnezzar, and they're like, we don't need to defend ourselves here. Same choice that we have to make. See, I guarantee you, Satan's going to put things in your life. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulation. There's going to be temptation. He's going to try to get you to compromise. He's going to try to get you to rationalize your sin, to try to justify your sin in some way, but we can't do it. We can't listen to other people. We can't follow man. We've always got to obey God. 
Now, so far, I've been sort of presenting this as, you know, all the bad things that sort of come at you, but it also applies with good things because sometimes God's going to call you to do something. God's like, I want you to move here. I want you to go speak to this person, or I want you to, you know, quit this job and go do this job, or I want you to, you know, downgrade your house and, and get out of debt. And, you know, there's some crazy things God may ask you to do. And a lot of times we'll be like, eh, I don't know, let me see what other people have to say about it. But we can't do that. We've always got to obey God, no matter how crazy it is. Always obey Him, not people. Number two then, to have faith I must always obey in spite of what I see. Number one had to do with other people. This one has everything to do with you and your attitude. Verse 17, we read this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they say, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and He will deliver us from your majesty's hand. Most people in that situation, as they're confronted with, look, you either bow down and worship me, or look over there, there's the fiery furnace, we're throwing you into that. Most people, all they would see is that fiery furnace. But you know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego saw instead of the fiery furnace? They saw how big their God was. They saw how great their God was, how powerful their God was. And they said, look, our God is big enough. Our God is powerful enough. He will save us from this. And I want you to notice that they, they had an expectation that God was going to act on their behalf. See, there's a big difference between thinking that God can do something and that God is going to do something. You know, there's a big difference between, you know, when, when there's somebody in your life that they got that bad medical report, it's cancer, it's terminal, you know, whatever. You know, we, we go as Christians, well, of course, God, God is the great physician. God can heal. God can, can do this. And we know that God can do it, but do we believe that he actually is going to do it? Do we have the faith to say, I believe that God is going to do something great on our behalf here? Or when your finances are in shambles. It's not enough just to say, well, I, I know that, that God can get me out of this. I know that God can provide. No, we need to say God's word says that he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider, and that God is going to do this. That God can do immeasurably more than we could ever possibly hope or imagine. See, again, there's a big, big difference between believing that God can do something and then believing that God is going to do something on your behalf. That's the type of faith that we need to have. That was the faith that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had, that God will save us from this. Now, here's the deal. Just because we believe it doesn't mean it's necessarily going to happen, though. Because God's ways and our ways aren't the same. And God has different plans for us than what we sometimes have for ourselves. And so bad things are still going to happen, even if we do have faith. Our job, though, is just to, to keep on praying. Because, again, God's answer to our prayers often looks different than our answer does. That person you've been praying that, that they be made whole and, and that they be healed, sometimes that person's going to die. That, that person you've been praying that, you know, Jesus, please, please, please bring them into a relationship with you. Sometimes you're going to see them get further and further into their addiction or further and further in their rebellion against God. 
You're like, now what? Well, that's number three on your outline. Obedience is my part. The outcome is God's. We talked about this earlier in the series. That our job is to be faithful. Our job is to pray. Our job is to have faith. That God can and God will do this. That's our job is to believe that. But whether God does it or not, that's up to Him. Because again, we want things done in His perfect will, in His perfect way, not in our way. So we just keep on believing, being obedient. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego say, look, our our God is able, and our God will save us. But I love what they say then in verse 18. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you have set up. I love that. I actually preached the whole message just on that verse before, if you remember, that we need to have an even if he does not kind of faith. We believe that he is. We believe not only can he do it, but he is going to do it. We believe that. That's our part. We, we pray for those things. But the outcome is up to him. And we say, but even if he doesn't. And you know what? For Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, it was, it was this. It was, look, <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar, this is pretty easy, dude. We believe he's going to save us. And if he does, we're going to continue to worship God here on the earth. But if he doesn't, guess what? We're going to continue to worship God just face to face now. See the attitude that they had through the fire? It didn't matter. Either way, they were going to win. Either way, we're going to worship God. Nebuchadnezzar, we will never, ever worship you. Let us be very, very clear about that. You can throw us into the fire. You can throw us into the trials here. But we are not worshiping you. Now again, how do you think Nebuchadnezzar felt? He was already mad. Now what was he? He's furious. He's furious, and Scripture tells us that he orders that the, the, the fiery furnace be heated up seven times hotter than normal. And he orders Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to be bound with ropes. I mean, literally, almost like a mummy. They are bound with ropes, super tight. And he orders his soldiers to carry them over and throw them into this blazing fire. Scripture tells us that the fire was so hot that the soldiers actually died because it was so hot, and they weren't even in the fire. They just got close enough to the fire that they die. These three boys, they've been thrown to their seeming death. But, with God, there's always a but. It doesn't matter how bad things are, but God. And that's what happens here. But God shows up and does a miracle. Look at verses 24 and 25. These boys have been thrown in the fire, and it says, Suddenly the king jumped up and shouted, Weren't only three men tied up and thrown into the fire? Yes, your majesty, the people answered. But I see four men walking around in the fire. The king replied, None of them is tied up or harmed, and the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. No, 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 Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) This isn't someone that looks like a son of the gods. This is the Son of God. This is Jesus making one of his appearances. We talked about this last week. This is what's called a Christophany, an appearance by Jesus before he actually made his, uh, or uh, physically came to the earth in bodily form. This is Jesus there with them in the midst of the fire. And what are they doing? They're just walking around, just hanging out. 
Nebuchadnezzar looks in and he's like, whoa, I threw three people in there, but now there's like four of them and they were bound up. Now they're not bound up. They're just walking around like nothing happened. I mean, they're not being burnt. They're not harmed in any way. Their clothes, they're not, they're not, you know, burned in any way. You know, the only thing that got burnt, the only thing that got burnt was the very thing that bound them. And some of you need to hear this this morning. The only thing in the story that got burnt was the thing that bound them, those ropes. And so some of you are complaining because you're walking through trials, you're walking through the fire right now, but could it be that the very, uh, the very thing that you're going through right now is the very mechanism God is going to use to set you free? They were bound with the ropes. What set them free? The fire set them free. The thing that they wanted to avoid, that's the thing that set them free. And again, the same is true for you. Whatever you're walking through right now, God may be using that to set you free from that which binds you. So we can't have this attitude of, well, woe is me, and why is this happening to me? The New Testament scripture says, consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because the testing of your faith develops perseverance and perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How many of you want to lack for anything in Jesus this morning? None of you, right? We want everything. Well, if you just keep backtracking in that verse, it gets to the beginning of it that consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds. We should be happy when we're going through the fire. We should be happy when we're going through the trials because we're like, yes, Jesus is using this to make me stronger. What do they do to make swords stronger? Yeah, they put it in the fire. Just keep putting it in the fire. You keep heating it hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter, and it makes it stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. That's what God wants for you. He wants you to be the best follower of Jesus you can possibly be. But you're not going to become the best follower if like just everything works out perfectly for you. You got to walk through some fires in order to get strong. But you won't be burnt. You're actually going to come out better for it. Nebuchadnezzar, he looks into the fire and he yells in, hey, come on out. Come on out. This is amazing. Come on out. It says that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they walked out of that fire. Again, not a hair singed on their body. Their clothes didn't even smell like smoke. And this wicked, wicked king then says this in verse 28. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Isn't this amazing? This very wicked king who not only worshipped false gods himself but thought that he was a god and wanted people to worship him. He says, praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because they walked through this fire and they weren't burned. He saved them. And I want to say, you know, some of you are here today and as I'm looking out, I know some of your stories. 
Praise be to the God who set you free from your addiction and you haven't gone back to drugs or alcohol ever again. Praise be to the God who saved some of your marriages, that it was in shambles, but God turned it around. Praise be to the God who took some of your finances that were a wreck. It was a mess. You were deep in debt, but now today you're out of that and you're on God's plan and God's track. Praise be to the God who did that for you. And some of you are here today and you're actually walking through those fires. But keep walking through the fire. Keep strong. Stand firm. Allow God to purify you. Allow God to refine you. Keep walking through the fire. And one day we'll be able to say the same thing. Praise be to the God who brought you through that fire that you walked through in 2016. See, when you stand firm in the fire, not only is your life going to be changed, but God is going to be glorified as well. Even by the most unlikely of people. I mean, who would have ever thought that Nebuchadnezzar would have said, praise be to the one true God. And who would have ever thought that your family member, your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers that don't yet know Jesus, that make fun of you for your faith in a lot of ways, God is going to do something great through you, and it may be through a fire, a trial that you walk through, that they're going to say, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Praise be to the God that you believe in that brought you through that. And it's going to start them on a journey of faith as well. And so if you're here today and you're going through a difficult time, again, thank Jesus for that. Because again, until your faith is tested, your faith really can't be trusted. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this uh, day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together to worship you and to, to look at your word and just to once again, be inspired by these uh, stories here in the book of Daniel. Lord, thank you that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had made a decision that no matter what, we are always going to serve God. We're not going to compromise. We're not going to try to rationalize. We're not going to try to bargain and negotiate with God. We're just going to do what he says. Lord, help us to have that kind of faith, a faith that says, Jesus, no matter what you ask me to do, no matter what you ask me to say, no matter where you ask me to go, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to be obedient to you. And Lord, help us. I know that there are some that today they walked in with just a heavy burden on them. They're walking through the fire. Lord, I pray that they've been inspired by today's message that, Jesus, you are there with them in the midst of the trial. Jesus, you show up in the most unlikely of places, including in a fiery furnace. And so, uh, Lord, help us when we're walking through our own fiery furnace to realize you are right there with us and that you're going to protect us in the same way that you did Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Help us to have the faith to believe not only that you can do things, but that you are going to change us. You are going to rectify the situation. And Lord, help us to have the peace when maybe things don't work out in the way that we think that they should have worked out. Help us to realize that your ways are always better than our ways and just to trust in your perfect will and to pray that God let your perfect will be done here in our lives. Lord, again, thank you that we've been able to take these past five weeks to look through the book of Daniel and for all the, the stories that we're able to look at, how to stand up and stand out and stand strong and stand firm in our faith. Lord, help us to take these things that we've looked at these past couple weeks, 
apply it to our lives and use it in a way that will honor and glorify your name so that every single person that we come in contact would say praise be to the God of Bob or Sue or Mary or Fred or Jane or whoever's here today or listen to via this podcast. Praise be to the God that they serve. And let that be the start of their own personal journey to you. Lord, help us to be people that, that draw people to you. And a lot of times for that to happen, we have to be on fire. People need to see your fire in us and on us and around us. So Lord, help us to be people like that. People that want to make a difference for you and for your kingdom and for your glory. I pray these things in your name. Amen.